Ponytails Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Andre Scamboa, and I am the host of the Ponytails Podcast. Thank you for being with us. We continue on our journey uh, through June with our European friends. If you have not heard about this before, if this is your first episode, welcome, welcome. Uh, this show interviews people who sold books door to door for a company called Southwestern Advantage. Now, we're not affiliated with Southwestern Advantage. However, we are all alumni of their internship program, which was this door-to-door sales experience that they offer to college students, not just in the United States, but all over the world. And so the company's been around since forever, like literally since like the Civil War. And uh, they have 100,000 living alumni, which means our guest pool is infinite almost. And uh, we've had now so many different people from so many different places who have come and shared their stories about what they're up to now, what their experience was like going door to door, and kind of like the the vibe of this entire company. It's kind of a different thing. So hope you guys enjoy. If you didn't sell books, holy cow, buckle up your seatbelts. If you did sell books, hey, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, a couple of announcements before I bring in our guest today. Um, and again, some of these you might have already heard, but hey, it's always worth listening to them again because things do get updated. So it's important to stay up to date with these. But uh, I want to give a Quick shout out to uh, Elevate Wellness and who are helping us prepare for Bizzler. Now, our Bizzler trip is coming up August 15th through the 19th. So if you're listening to this and you sold books, you're more than welcome to come and you can bring your spouse even if they did not sell books. But it's going to be uh, from August 15th through the 19th in Cancun, Mexico. We're going to the Riviera Maya, We're staying at the Valentin Imperial, which is like really nice, high and resorts so it's not going to be like the sizzler resorts it's more of a nicer end kind of like a grg type vibe you can come and hang out with us throughout that week it's super fun elevate wellness are the people that are helping us get uh prepared for that get our mental and uh physical states prepared for that um so even if you're not coming to bizzler and you guys are wanting to get into the uh rhythm now that summer's on the, on their way uh, maybe if you've been work, wanting to work on your physique for a while, maybe you're trying to get into a community that really helps you stay accountable to that. I cannot guarantee this better. Uh, some of our guests are have been working with Elevate Wellness for a while. Seth and Zane are the ones that started, Seth Hood and Zane Gallagher. And basically, it's the if you're this kind of person like me where um, I like to eat healthy, I want to eat healthy, I just don't know what that means. And I don't want it to be bland and boring and disgusting. I actually want to keep eating fun, good food, but without having to harm my body with what I put into it. I just don't know where to start. That's a good reason to start with Elevate Wellness. If you go to the gym and maybe you're like, I always do the same things. I'm just looking up YouTube videos. don't really have any traction. Don't know how to keep uh, a good plan going and develop my body as I need to. That's a good reason to talk to Elevate Wellness. More than anything, if you're wanting to just be a part of a community that keeps you accountable, that really helps you stay in, in, in rhythm and discipline to what you're doing with it while having fun, this is a place to go. So make sure you guys come visit us uh, and we can get you in touch with Seth and Zane at Elevate Wellness. So we'll see you guys on that one. Get, reach out to us. Uh, you can also reach out to them directly, Elevate Wellness or on Instagram or find Seth Hood and or Zane Gallagher uh, to get their plan started. You get a discount if you start with us or if you tell them that you heard it, about it through us. And so, of course, make sure 
you 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 get a hold of them for that reason. So um, on that note, I also want to give a quick shout out to our homeboy Will Metcher uh, with uh, Southwest Consulting. Um, and Will's one of my better friends. He was one of the inspirations for the podcast uh, just because he introduced me to a lot of people here in Portland that sold books and we had the instant connection. And if you're like me, one of the things that was so cool about being in Southwestern was being able to teach other people and coach other people to create a really solid lasting impact on their lives because they were learning things that they're, you know, most people weren't going to learn until their 30s, 40s, or 50s, if at all. But that's exactly what Will gets to do over at Southwestern Consulting, and he's looking for people to work with him. So he's one of their better coaches. And if you are the person that wants to make an impact on people like that, you got to work with Will Matcher. So um, his team, all the people under him are making over six figures um, per year, which is an awesome way to earn a living is by helping people believe in themselves, reach their potential and fulfill their goals. And so reach out to us. If it sounds interesting, they're currently working to, uh, grow his team and, and he's just doing a really fantastic job with them. So couldn't recommend it more than, more than enough. So, um, he's so, such an amazing human and an amazing person to work with for sure. And then one more shout out to Cardinal senior benefits. Uh, they are some, one of our newest sponsors and they always like to take the spot to recognize their agents because as book people know, we love recognition. So last month they had 10 out of their 60 agents gross for $30,000 for the month. 10 of them grossed over $30,000 for the month. One of the things that their agents love about Cardinal is that they offer both one-on-one -on -one coaching training and mentoring like Southwestern. Plus they offer extremely competitive commission contracts. Uh, you know, most agents start off at 90% and then they get up to 130%. What? How does that work? Oh yeah, it works because insurance is that way. So, um, to calculate the gross profit, you would simply take their premium and multiply by their commission rate. And most of the top agents are about 110 to 130% commission. Their top 10 agents with over 30,000 in premium for the month, uh, six out of 10 were bookmen and four were non-bookmen, but here is the final tally. So Lucas Holland takes the number one spot, $76,000 of premium in 148 hours. So he averaged about 37 hours a week. Uh, Isaac McConkie, $65,000, 105 hours, so 26 hours a week. Michael K, 53K uh, for 23 hours. Nathan Alberts, 46000 in revenue, 37 hours. Carson Welch, 39000 for 33 hours. Wow, that's that not many hours. They can make so much money. Mark, Max Clark, 35000 with 28 hours per week. Jeremy Chekets, uh 33000 for 30 hours a week. He had no sales experience prior to that. And then bookman Ian Pinzato, 32,000 with 28 hours a week. Jordan Chapel, 31,000 for two hours a week. And then number 10, Travis Thompson, 31,000, 18 hours a week. All of their top 10 agents grossed over 30K. None of them average even 40 hours per work per week. Talk about flexibility of your schedule. If those numbers sound appealing to you, if you know a former bookman or a woman that may be looking for something new or just unhappy with what they're doing right now, they are hiring. And for the next few weeks, they're running a $500 referral bonus for anyone that, hire, that they hire. Uh, so one thing you can do is click the link below. There's a link that says referral for under Cardinal. If you scroll down in the description of the episode, it's going to be referral link. You can click on that and refer whoever you wish to work for Cardinal. Now, on that note... Um, we can move towards our guest today. So Darta Saulita, hopefully I said that right. Woo! But one of the things I love about this month uh, we're doing in June is that I'm getting to learn so much about so many different cultures. So uh, Darta was born in Valmiera, 
uh, Latvia. So it's cool. We have another European country that, and I'm pretty sure this is her first Latvian that's been on the show. So this is super exciting. She sold for nine summers uh, from 2010 to 2018, part of the Europe One Division Winged Plus organization. Uh, she, of course, went to University of Latvia for the most part, but really uh, she's coming in live to us now from Tukums. I think I said that right. Tukums? I don't know. She'll let us know. And so please welcome to the show, Darta. What up? Hi. Hi, yeah, you did pretty good. Yep. Yeah, not bad. What did I mess up? What did I, what, please help me improve. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. You're doing good. Sweet, sweet. Well, <laughs> I'm Andres Gamboa, and that's usually hard for people to ours, but uh, for Eastern Europeans, it's pretty easy. They can all say Andres. Andres Gamboa. Yeah. Ah, look at you. <laughs> Look at you. It's like you speak Spanish or something. <laughs> no, we just roll the R's differently than Americans do. So we have to learn how to do the R in English to sound American. Oh, yeah. Andres. That's how they say. Andres. 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 Andreas? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it funny when people mess up your name and you're like, all right, you know? <laughs> yeah, don't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly right well uh well hey welcome to the show i'm so happy that you're here um this has been yeah. a really cool thing so um let's uh let's dive in what what are you where are you coming to us what are you doing what are you up to nowadays since 2018 and walk us through the journey that you've been through since leaving southwestern to now 2022 yeah i uh so in after my eighth summer selling books, I actually was really, really curious if I could get a part in uh, to be a Southwestern consulting coach. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, then I sit down with Dustin and uh, we had a chat about it. And then he said, go for another summer. <laughs> so and then uh, my DSL as well, like was all in it, like just go and, and uh, prove that you can do whatever you did that 2017 uh, summer. That was my best summer and i was number one in the company and then they said like so that it's not a fluke or something then just try and go another summer and i did i'm really grateful that everybody advised me to do that and then because of those two summers and my career um yeah i earned a spot in southwestern consulting and a month after my last summer i was in the states again for rookie roundup and i was learning a new craft to be a coach wow and, so fun yep and then uh, i've been like the first latvian i opened latvia for southwestern consulting so that was a challenge to be the first and only one here and managing translations and uh, the like the different culture and no names in the country and trying to sell like yay we have some estonian clients and, and then trying <laughs> to sell it in latvia and then people going like you know like estonians have so such a different mentality <laughs> what have you done in latvia uh, so all all those fun uh, fun um objections so I've been doing uh, coaching for now the fourth year, I would say. Wow. Yep. Wow. Then I also, uh, I did part of the things uh, to learn more uh, about B2B sales and also to secure myself a maternity leave uh, a paycheck. I worked in a startup in Latvia for the last year. And and then kind of like getting more experience and as a sales leader in a in a like a tech company selling it products 
and uh, yeah and now two and a half months i'm a new mom yeah that's cool that is so fun congratulations so totally different <laughs> totally different responsibilities changing diapers and, and feeding and stuff so yeah like with all with all this manure there's gonna be a baby somewhere right there it is yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome wow i have so many questions okay 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 sure. question number one question number one what's uh how hard slash easy is it to start a consulting like the southwestern consulting in latvia from compared to like uh how they do it here because i know i i know will's told me a little bit about how he does it and you know mm -hmm. the business people here i feel like are kind of sometimes a little different and from other european friends that we've had on the show that have talked to already they've said that you know it's a different like the mentality of starting a business and being a business owner is a little different in europe um i don't know yep. if that's the case in latvia so have you found it to be kind of the well like i guess what are some of the challenges that you ran into when you were trying to teach people hey i'm going to coach you <laughs> like this is what's up um it's different so so one challenge that i had was the pricing i guess at first it seemed like pretty steep for less important until you have enough clients you have to get those right so that that was one thing that i was uh like facing i guess but then uh like compared to usa uh U.S. coaches usually get almost full coaching uh, clients. Like so, basically, as they come in, they're packed with coaching clients, and they can build up their skill as a coach, and then they're selling. When you start a new country, and uh, like I got one client, <laughs> so I had to sell all of my clients myself, and then eventually mm -hmm. I got one or two clients from Estonian coaches as well. But uh, so that was the tricky part that. Uh, Andrus was saying that it's kind of harder to sell a Baltics coach from one one country to another. So I had to really sell all of my clients myself until I built up that base. So it was quite different. Since I was the only one, mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody to share that um, share the clientele as well here. But now I do. So. Right, <laughs> and 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 that should be explained both for the sake of you know Will who does this, but basically the way it works here at least. Because so people might not understand the differences, yes. is what he, like they have 130 coaches, I think, or something now. And some something of them like are the, the majority of them are in the United States. But what happens is if you get a, if you, if um, the way it works is you, you do like a workshop. And if, mm -hmm. and if people are interested in learning more and working with that coach or working with Southwestern Consulting, then they go and say, yeah, sign me up. I'll pay monthly for this coaching. Uh, however, just because that coach signed that person up, it doesn't mean that they are going to be coaching that person. It could be that there's a better fit based on personality, based on gender, like whatever comfortability that the other person has. So they'll they'll send, say, Will, who, you know, got this client, they'll send him over to Yvette, who, you know, maybe yep. because of her track record, whatever, for whatever reason, it just makes more sense to go with them, that, vice versa. What you're saying is the challenge was that since you were the only one, there wasn't anybody else sending you people. It was just you were creating it from scratch until some Estonians kind of send you some some people. But for the most part, it was just kind of you on your own. And man, yeah. that's challenging for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the other challenge. If you sell enough clients, for example, I think one of my first workshops, I sold seven. And then if I sold seven and they all speak Latvian and or like they 
I think two of them were willing to have an English speaking coach. So then, uh, so that was another challenge to have the entire company in your hands and coach them all from different sides. Uh, and then wow. it gets tricky because that's a lot of responsibility for one coach to, to take on. And uh, so, yeah, so. It you made it fun. work. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> learned. So I learned it, it, a lot. Eating problems for breakfast. That's all you were doing. Yep, you're just, exactly. you're just hanging out. Eating <laughs> that's awesome. So, okay. So that's the first question. Second question is um, now you've been coaching for four years and you, I mean, heck you, the number, you were the number one in the company, like experience and everything, right. Is what, is what I heard in 2017. Right. Yep. Uh, and so in which we can get to that summer, uh, when we, when we get to, you know, yeah, sure. South, Southwest, we'll get to that. But from your perspective of like coaching, and I like to ask this to people who do sales coaching, what do you think in your opinion is the thing that makes a salesperson good at sales? I mean, let's say we have two people who have the same skill, same background, same mentality, or maybe not mentality, but same, same, I, you know, characteristics, what would make mm. one better than the other at sales in your opinion, or in your experience? I think hunger for learning and applying Ooh, those good. skills. So uh, that's what my best coaching clients, like they are just hungry one call to the next. They're just like, Hey, let's, let's move on. Let's like, I've tried this, I've done this. And like, and, uh, and that hunger can, it, it can be ups and downs the roller coaster during a whole coaching year or even longer, but like it has to be there. Otherwise it's mm. not a good client for us. Interesting that you're the first person that said that. And I, I love that answer. I think that's so good. Just like the, the, the student of the game wanting to learn. Yes. Yes, exactly. Otherwise the coaching doesn't work. If you're like, just as a coach, you're pushing something on the, on the client that you see that they need it. You can try and you can sell it to them, but if they're like, if they're open-minded and willing to listen, that's a different story. And that's like entirely different experience for a coach and the person who is being coached. Okay. So then follow-up question on that is um, there's been times me, and this is me just asking personally, there's been times where I feel like I'm being coachable and I'm probably not. And there's been times <laughs> that I don't think I'm being coachable and I totally am. What are, mm. what are some characteristics or what does it look like when someone's being coachable? Do you think? Um, that they're asking questions. That's just the simplest thing, I guess that they're yeah. trying to, trying to like ask, what are they doing good? What are they missing? And uh, like, you can just hear it in the voice, I think. Or if, mm -hmm. if somebody is just like, yep, I've done this. Yeah, it doesn't work. This doesn't work. Or, or uh, like if, they're, if they feel like they've arrived, that's spot. Like they're not going to grow. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Do not. So, so that's good right there. That's a good lesson. If you ever feel like you're arrived, yikes. Yeah. Not, you don't really in one of GRSs. <laughs> yeah. Like it was. Uh, who was saying this, that green is growing. So yeah, I'm like, stay green. Ooh, I love that. I'm gonna write that down. Ooh, write that down. That's good, write that down. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, wow, thank you for sharing. Now, now, okay, so now you're a mom, brand new mom. So congratulations yeah. again. That's so cool. Um, thank you. So far, two and a half months, what are some of the things that you're noticing that are challenging, you know, as a mom that, that you're using your experience with coaching or with selling to kind of get you through because I know it's hard. <laughs> oh, um, I will just relate with other moms, other parents so much better right now <laughs> because of having that experience. 
I've had clients who have kids. I, I won't, like, I haven't been truly understanding them until now. Like, the one is the love for the kid. The other is the 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 job, extra job that you, you have. So, uh, yeah. especially the first months, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it will get crazy over the years as well. But, uh, but yeah, I, I can relate better. And uh, yeah. I definitely can be more, uh, I can get more stuff done in between having to deal with the kids <laughs> than I used that's to. That's hilarious. Wow, that's so funny. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. So, wow, that's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. And then now that you've been in coaching for four years, is it, is it your long-term goal to continue and, and keep growing in the coaching or are you just wanting to be more of a mom? Like what, what's, what's the future look like for you? At the moment, I'm uh, like, there's a difference in the States and, and here. So when you become a mom in, uh, in any of the Baltic countries or pretty much anywhere in Europe, it's uh, like a year or a year and a half off with the kids. So it's pretty good time to, <laughs> to be, what? Um, yeah, it's paid maternity leave. Uh, so it's, you have to build like, yeah pay taxes for it but it's it's pretty much different from the united states so yeah. i i do coach on the sides i do have a few coaching clients and i will probably take on more over time as i feel more comfortable just to stay sane and stay like in the game uh, so <laughs> i feel like this is the best part-time job for a full-time mom uh, that uh, that can be because um, i i don't want to go brain dead and just talk baby talk for one and a half years <laughs> fair enough that's amazing i think i think here it's like six weeks depending on where you work yeah it's nuts oh, yeah. man like you'd be back to work right now full time it's been six no. weeks <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, we have like, i was saying my friend like this is why there's so many stay-at-home moms in the united states i now i understand yeah, there you go. Well, which which is good because those are the moms, those are the ponies. Yep. <laughs> those are the ponies. Amazing. That's so cool. Well, uh, yeah, let's uh let's take it then into uh into some of your southwestern career and maybe wind the clock backs a little bit if that's cool. Um, sure. I will share about <laughs> some of our other partners really, really, really quickly, and then we'll move it into that. Is that a cool? Is that all right? Yeah. All right. So uh just to just so you guys are listening, no. Um, we have a couple more shout outs that we want to give out. The first one being into uh, Southwestern real estate. Woo-woo. So if you're listening and you're like, maybe Cardinals at your fit and maybe uh, uh, coaching isn't quite your fit, but you like the Property Brothers, you like HGTV, you like drama free workplaces, man, you need to go call Pat Roach and we'll get you in touch with him. They have done to the industry some amazing things. In On average, 95% of people who start real estate quit. A year later, 95%. Now, Southwest Real Estate did the opposite, and 95% of their agents stay. That's crazy. And they're 99% drama-free. It's a healthy culture. They took all the crappy aspects of like that Southwestern culture that people didn't like. They took all of that out. They kept 1% of it because you can't be perfect. And they made it 99% drama-free. So they are experts in their field, and they are helping people get started very, very quickly. A lot of six-figure incomes in that company as well. And so we love you, Pat. We love Southwest Real Estate. And shout out to all our guests who have been on the show with them. Um, Then I also want to talk a little bit about Thought Leader. 
if you are out there, maybe actually this could be you, Dartha, where um, you're like, man, I have a lot of good ideas and I want to share them with the world. Then you need to talk mm -hmm. to Dylan Barr at Thought Leader. So Thought Leader is uh, they help people start TEDx talks. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, the red circle where they're like, they talk, you stand on a red dot and then you give a, a, a speech. That's what they do. They've helped 400 people do that. And uh, they are looking and partnering exclusively with Ponytails because they have a couple of roles open in their sales positions. So role number one is called the SDR role. And uh, then, the, well, there's two, SDR and enrollment advisor. The SDR role is essentially people who are calling uh, warm leads who have already expressed interest and are getting people qualified to make sure that they're fit for their program to you know do the, the 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 TEDx talk and then the enrollment advisor is essentially going in there sitting down with already qualified leads their pre their calendars pre-filled and they're just calling people and closing them and and talking to interesting people all day so if you're interested in that the earning potential for the roles are anywhere between 50 to 70k for SDRs and 130 to 250k a year for um the enrollment ad advisor. Now, this is high caliber role. So this isn't like, ah, I just want to try my luck. No, this is like, if you're good at sales and you really want to do something that uh, you can avoid prospecting with, that'd be a good spot for you. Uh, email Dylan Barr. That's his email is db at thought-leader.com. db at thought-leader.com. And uh, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> and then last but not least, uh, one more shout out over to Cardinal. Now Cardinal is uh, was started. Whoop, Cardinal started with uh, Quentin Roberts, uh, Nick Dale, and of course Pedro Vega, who was on our show back in May. Love Pedro Vega, and uh, they've doubled and tripled their growth every year since they started, uh, and they're doing looking to do it again in 2022. So every sales organization has their superstar, but what's more important about Cardinal is that from a percentage standpoint, the majority of the organization would be well above the average. When it comes to final expense groups so um the cool thing about them is they're doing a giant expansion so this is no cold calling zero prospecting they work fresh warm leads working measly 25 to 35 hours a week and they're doing a pretty heavy push so um if you're wanting to know more about us about them message them uh through the link below and then you can get your info over to them they will contact you it's the link that is next to the uh cardinal senior benefits it's how you can refer people so let them know that you're interested um okay on that note back to darta <laughs> so all right let's wind the clocks back latvia you're sitting in college well actually maybe talk a little bit about like where you're from and kind of like your your home country how you got to college and then from college how you came to the united states to go door to door <laughs> what a wild ride so take it away. Yeah, I um, I come from a like a city. I, I would say if you would call it a town, probably twenty five thousand people. The city or town in the yeah, United it's a town. States. It's a town. It's a okay, town. for, for yeah, us I'll it's a city. I'll, <laughs> I'll share. I'll share the map so we can see where you're from here. Here we go. So go ahead. Here we go. Boom. Oh yeah. So I'm from Valmiera. So, so that's, people know where Latvia, Latvia is. Yeah. <laughs> so we're looking at Europe here. There, let's As go, we like let's to say when selling books, we like to say Northern Europe. A lot Northern of people Europe. say it's Eastern Europe for sure. It is. <laughs> but then we relate with Northern Europe. And I usually say it's right below Finland. So it's a little bit below. There's Estonia in between. So cool, cool, then cool. people kind of understand. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we've had people from uh, the Czech Republic here, and we've had people from, obviously, Scotland, and we've had people from Moldova, we've had people from Poland. You're up here, right over here in Latvia. Cool, cool. So in Latvia, you're from right here. Yeah. Wow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, cool. I'm... I graduated from my high school. I was uh, the number one, and I really loved that. So I always love to go for the number one roles. So, uh, <laughs> and um, went into studying optometry in University of Latvia. So I thought, like, I like science. I like, I like, I don't know, all the subjects that were connected to optometry, and uh, like. So not really an optometrist, as you can tell, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like in the first year of college, I, uh, I was all about studying, getting good grades, getting a job, and then, then going on to do the, uh, I don't know, family and stuff, everything. So, uh, and then there was, I think, I don't know, in a winter time, my uncle started telling me about this uh, book called Secrets. You probably know, like, universe and thoughts and everything. And that is the first time in my life that I heard about vision and, and attracting things. And I, I, I tried a few mental exercises about attracting money and scholarships and so on. And then one day I was walking with my friends, uh, my course mates on the street, and then I got a text like saying, "Hey, uh, so you got a uh, you're in a role role for the scholarship. So congratulations! It's a, like a like, waiting line. So I'm like, yay! Like I got a scholarship. I didn't know what to do with the money. And then half an hour later, I get a call from this girl from my high school. And she says that, "Hey, I want to talk to you about a job selling books in America." I'm like, okay. <laughs> so these two things connected me. Like, hey, I have money. And I have a job in America. It's like, wow, this this can't be real. So something of these, like I don't know, the thoughts and then then thinking about no, no, never. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I like no, nobody has ever told me about job in America. So like, definitely needed to check it out. So the next day, I went to a like presentation about uh, selling books with my course mate who was next to me when when they called. She was super skeptical. <laughs> I was not. I was a. I was a pony. So I was. We, so... we all are. We're all ponies. <laughs> you have to be a pony to do this job. <laughs> yeah, and what sold me is that uh, my my manager Leva, uh, she was actually she was from my school a year uh, older than me. And at first, I was uh, like she went uh, there and like back and forth a few times. And I'm telling to my course mate, I think I know that girl. And then she comes again, and I was like, no, that's a different person. <laughs> like, I think I have seen her somewhere. And then I, I, I was thinking, like, this doesn't go together with what I have seen in the hallways of my high school. She was so super positive. She was, like, shining. She was so, like, she was a different person that I would have remembered. And so, yeah, like, and she was my manager. We're still really good friends. And, uh, yeah, like that's that's wow. the start of it and uh, i was sold on the change that she had gone through uh, even if i didn't know her personally i just liked what she really like what she radiated so yeah <laughs> the program. and so do yeah. you I, I i always like to ask this too so it was like you kind of already answered it though because normally people go oh, i just really like the money or the opportunity or the challenge mm. 
But then I ask, what was it though, really? Because there's that. And then inside the pony in us, there's something that we just like <laughs> hook on yeah, to. It's a change right? in people plus the values and like everything that they like prep in the preparation for Southwestern, you already learn about goals. You learn about self-talk. You learn about like all the things that weren't like, they were quite important for me and, but they were also going aligned with everything else that I learned in the book, the secret. And like, as I, that was a huge thing back then, or even in, like, even before, but like, all of those things started to make sense for me. And this, like selling books, it wasn't about selling the books. It was more about putting into practice all those things that the Southwestern is mm. teaching. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I love that. So let me ask you this, because I've asked this to uh, our other European guests. Wow, this is so fun. I love your story. Is so cool. I'm mind blown <laughs> right now. This is amazing. Um <laughs> When you when you're sitting in this room and you're thinking, okay, uh, wow, I need to go, I need to go do this. This is I, this is. A, a, are you are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling excited because of the United States? Like, what what's the mentality behind our this country for you guys? Like, if, at least for you anyway. Like, what what was that like for you to think? Oh man, the United States. Like, is it? You know, I don't know. What, what was the perspective there? just like traveling to United States, there's an opportunity. <laughs> like, of course, everybody <laughs> wants to go to the States. And like, I haven't come from a super wealthy family. So we hadn't traveled as much like up until then. I think I had flown to Norway once and into like the Baltic States and maybe a little, oh, like with choir, we like traveled through the Europe a little bit with a bus, but like just, like, yeah, I was hooked on traveling, but it wasn't the main reason. It was the program. It was more that I bought into the into the program. Like, right. I could have gone with any, any other program, I guess, and it wouldn't have been the same. So, but the States, of course, is the dreamland. It's the American dream, everything, like, bigger and better. And so, yeah, like, it, it was exciting. <laughs> I was super psyched to be, yeah, going to the United States. And the first... Uh, summer like when we landed in Nashville and in sales school we didn't know where we're going what is the like the territory so my org uh, like oh well he announced like you're going to Georgia and I'm like Georgia yay where is Georgia <laughs> I have no idea so, <laughs> so oh, you have no idea yeah we don't study it's the states wild. so yeah, it's like I most people don't. It's I mean, most people here don't know where, where like Georgia is actually. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I think people know where Texas is because just Texas just is so big, and then mm -hmm. everybody knows where California is because movies, yes. and then Florida because it's like the little lip, right? The little and New bit. York, and then uh, yeah, and then of course New York is New York, like the the ones you see in movies, right? But then if you're yeah. like, hey, where's Kansas? No idea. <laughs> po point out Kentucky. No clue. Every, nobody knows. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. Now, what did your parents say? So you go home, you see this crazy experience and you're like, mom, dad, I'm going to the United States. I'm going to sell them books door to door. What do they say? They were supportive. They like, they let me make my mistakes. They, they, they were like all in. So basically, and since I had my scholarship, it was less to sponsor. We had to 
like I think it was around 2000-ish, like 2500 uh, to to go to United States. Have to right. buy our own tickets, the visas, the permits, everything. So it's it's not the cheapest thing, but I I had some money already, so I had like others like my grandparents and my parents uh, like sponsored me as well, but they were already so. Wow, that's so cool. The we you know we've asked and it's it's so funny to see it. This is the first time I mentioned it, uh, but uh, talking to our other European friends as well, there's so many similarities. Even though we're different countries and different upbringings, yeah. I mean it's nothing different than some people that I've talked to in other mm -hmm. episodes, not just in Europeans, but just all of my episodes. It's like my parents didn't want me to do it or my parents were super supportive or my mom said no, my dad said yes or whatever, right? It's it's the same mm -hmm. thing. It's kind of like the same. It's yeah, all the same. Yeah, I think if I try to remember exactly what my mom or dad said, it was like, do you want to go? Like, so whatever you wish, we're supporting you. So it was even harder to decide because I like I was psyched, but I wanted an opinion, but they were like, whatever you like. So, yeah, my parents were like that too. My parents, so I got recruited in my, my, I had said yes before I even talked to my parents because it was like towards mm -hmm. the end of the, like three days before sales school. So I was crazy. just like, yeah, well, and for you guys, it's crazy because you still got to get your visas and stuff. So there's like still yes. a chance you can't even come even if you want to. But, um, mm. but for me, I had already said yes. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And then they didn't have time to do parent work or anything. So <laughs> I, I called my parents to say, hey, uh, so I'm going to New York um, <laughs> and I'm in Nebraska, right? So I'm like, uh, so I'm going to New York and uh, I leave in three days. Um, so Bye. yeah. <laughs> and so my dad said, did you tell him you're going for sure? I said, yeah, I signed the DA and everything. He's like, all right, did you, did you commit for the whole time? I said, yeah, he was all right. Well, <laughs> then if you're, don't come back here in July, I didn't raise a quitter. So very good. Better do it well. And I was like, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> like, you know, that's that was my parents. And so it's and so I, I kind of had the same mentality where they're like, all right, you know, we raise you good enough that we trust that you can make good decisions by this point in your life. So True. good luck, you know, and do well. So that's so cool. So you flew in, you flew in. What what was that experience like of you landed in what in where, where did you land? Where was your first where was your no. first airport in the United States? I think I was going through Toronto and then then Nashville. Oh wow! I so think you so. so your first U.S. experience was in Nashville. Yeah, like definitely Nashville. I I I wouldn't remember anything. So yeah, Toronto and Nashville. Whoa. So. Maybe maybe a stop between, but yeah, Nashville for sure. <laughs> and what was what in your mind first look U.S. Because I moved from Colombia. To my and to the Nebraska, and I, when I got to Miami, I was like, "Wow, everything's big." What was your What was your like first reaction? Yeah, what do you remember? The cars are big, but like the one feeling that I felt like when I stepped out of the plane and I went to the like I don't know like something a hallway or something, I was like, "This is hot. They're not ventilating or something." So, so then I went to the airport. <laughs> then I went out, and and it was nighttime, I think, and it was like humid and hot. And I'm like, "It's supposed to be chilly in the night, not hot." So that was a big memory that I have. That 
like we're coming from a northern country and like usually when like even in the summertime when you go outside in the morning like 7 8 a.m you're like kind of like chilling a little bit yeah until it warms up and then here it was the opposite you're in a chill room with ac on all day all night long then you go outside and then you're like so yeah (laughs) so that was nashville and georgia i didn't experience anything else my first summer yeah georgia is humid you get are you thirsty (gasps) okay you're no longer thirsty that's (laughs) exactly wow and then how did that first week first day first summer how like walk us through like that that first experience of like the first door the first week how did that how did it all go I was so nervous and I, I, yeah, I went and my roommate dropped me off my first day and, um, I, I had five clients. I, I don't remember anything else, but just like share, like I'm from Latvia. I love it here. Like just, <laughs> just doing the self-talk and, and somehow people bought. And I re- later on, I realized in my stats that it, that was a five client day. I did a pretty good. And even at the end of the day there was a tornado warning <laughs> i couldn't finish my stats with 30 demos i think i did 25 but then i ended up like staying in someone's house eating some kind of like chocolate bars i don't remember bunnies something so and like i was feeling so bad i'm eating like chocolate bars and i can't do my stats i'm a failure because i didn't do my 30 demos <laughs> and that was my first day <laughs> of course wow. follow with more of those days every day of the summer but uh, i think that was a really good memory yeah then a few like a week passed or so and i remember that was my crying time the, like the dirt pile time where i didn't know what to do that i was in a in a in a community that uh, there were a lot of mexicans and mm-hmm. uh, trailers and so on in a little city and uh, our little town and uh, then none of them spoke English. So here I am, Latvian, going to sell books in English. That was a second language. And then they're like, no, no, no English, no English. <laughs> so, oh, no. And, and, then, and then I was like, what? How can I even sell books? They're like, no, like all the moms and kids, like no English, no English. And, and then yeah then my manager in the evening she's like oh that's easy i sold in chicago last year like i'll teach you this approach in in spanish so i still remember uh so hola como estas me llamo darta soy estudiante de europa mira todas familias aquí niños chiquitos y grandes en libros para niños so so that's basically my approach that i remember and that was what saved my my Oh, my summer, I think. <laughs> yep. Wow, that was awesome. Um, and You're then suddenly so they, they suddenly started talking Spanish, uh, like in English to me back so, because I tried. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Amazing. You are awesome. Yeah. Wow. I still know myself talking Spanish. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. That's impressive. I was going to ask you that next. How how good was your English when you first came? Was it was were you pretty sharp with it or or you were still learning or how how was that curve? English was one of my favorite subjects in school, so I liked it, but I had never had so much practice. So that was one of the challenges because at first when you haven't had so much practice, you're looking for words and you can get stuck 
when you're trying to explain something and it takes longer time. But I think sometimes people also see it as a good thing when you're in sales. They don't really see you as a salesperson because you're not perfect. So maybe right. it helped me. That's interesting. I've never heard that perspective before, but I appreciate you have such a good perspective. Like your attitude's phenomenal. Thanks. That's well, <laughs> makes sense why you did so well. Wow. And okay, so now the end of the first summer, or like I guess we, we there's probably a lot of stories there. So feel free to share yeah. as much as you want. <laughs> but 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 what what were some of the highlights that you remember of like your experience that first the first summer? Do you, is there anything that like really sticks out to you? Um, uh, one of the things like even for the people who are still selling or so like I remember uh, my whole org was in the in the suburbs of Atlanta or like somewhere around Dalton. I don't know, like all those big cities and and rich people. And me right. and my roommate, we were the only ones in the countryside. <laughs> and oh, uh, nice. I had so one of the things I remember is that I was selling on bicycle for three weeks until I was like chicken farm, chicken farm, <laughs> like no people in between. So I had to find a car and find like find the like kind of solutions to my problems. I think I, I had more problem solving opportunities in my summer than my my other orgmates but the, the thing i remember is that people who were in this in the in the suburbs they were like oh it's like i can't get any sit downs i can't get any sit downs and like they were like yeah complaining about everything that is bad and i was like i can't like i can't find any people to see so i can get <laughs> sit downs but there's like there's like literally like I don't know, mile between the people who like, and then they're not home. So I end up driving up those like mile long driveways and then nobody's mm -hmm. home and then get back. So it's a little bit different. I, so we had different problems and the grass is always greener on the other side. So I think like whether you can focus on your own situation and marry your turf, that was what I did. And I really loved my turf, even Oof. like narcotics and like, I don't know, hillbillies and everything possible was there. But then the others like who are selling in like the nice turf, how first years usually sell. So they were like complaining and quitting. And so, yeah, that was like, mm -hmm. yeah, that was my thing that I, I was like, I'm sticking to my turf. I love it. I don't want to listen to others puking. <laughs> that is such a, wow. You That is phenomenal because, because here's the thing. I think it's, turf matters, but what doesn't matter is your, it, what, what makes it not matter is your attitude. That's the key right there. Turf matters for sure, right? You have, you, if you sell in the country, you're it just by natural, naturally, you're not going to see as many people. However, mm. on the other side, they're much nicer. They're so mm. much nicer. People are way more welcoming. You knock on the door like, Hey, what are you doing? You want some water? You want something to eat all the time? Like almost every house. Like it's so nice. On the other hand, you sell city or more, maybe suburbs. Right. All the houses are close together. People aren't as nice because they get door to door mm -hmm. people all the time. They, you know, you see more people. Right. So, you know, it is, it is. And if you understand how to work them, then that's when it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't care if it's city or if it's suburbs or if it's apartment complexes or whatever. Like I can make it work no matter what. It's just understanding those. But what you're saying. And they have and different I, objections as well in each turf. So different yeah. problems that they're facing and different selling points. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, time, uh, the, the, the my husband's at home, whatever, like mm. it, everything is kind of different depending on where you're at. Right. Like it, 
what's what's what you're what was powerful about what you're saying and i think it's so huge is you didn't have time to worry about complaining you should easily oh man i drove down this mile long driveway nobody's home i just wasted gas i just wasted money i just wasted time you could totally mm. say that and that's true or you can say what you're saying which is <laughs> yeah it felt that way but you chose to focus and have the perspective of hey you know what like at least i have a car uh, at least I can, uh, at least the people are nice, you know, like you chose to have a positivity mentality and yeah. that's it's volumes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I brainwashed myself listening to more Tutley recordings on repeats <laughs> all day long. So I know them by heart. Something always happens. It's, oh, yes. gotta love more Tutley. So fun. Wow. That is such a powerful lesson. Such a powerful lesson. What what do you think was the biggest point of growth that first summer for you though overall? Like what what was the biggest like moment where you I went from okay June was this now I'm in September here I am now. Uh, I think attitude was my biggest takeaway from those uh, from the first summer. I remember sharing with my DSL at the time, Veikoros, uh, like that attitude was the key and he was sending these letters every Sunday to read for us and like he was like sending it in one of those I remember he had highlighted attitude 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 and I really really understood that like problem solving selling everything is about your own inner attitude and how you control yourself and that was what I was kind of grinding every day of the summer I think to to be to be better in my head wow. wow and how did you decide you wanted to come back i mean did you love it and you're like i have to come back for more or were you kind of not so sure what was that like oh like i was sold <laughs> i was sold and all like in. just all in let's get a <laughs> let's get to be a smol i think one of the maris raud was my ol that summer and um like after one year of selling i felt like and the managers and him like i was looking at him and looking at his communication skills and i'm like oh i'm still not good like I, i'm still so bad I, I still need to learn so having people who are like better than you in communication really like you're just always one level behind somebody who has been there for more years than you so it just sells naturally i felt mm. like that's one of the things that i can learn and i can get better at amazing Amazing. And how did that summer go? Did you did you have a good summer as far as production? Like good, or did you break even? How how did it go? Uh, I hit Sizzler, but I I would love to share that as the pony story for okay. the end. Okay, so <laughs> we'll share that. that. Yep. Okay. Cool. So we got a ponytail right there. Cool. 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 So all right, let's 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 fast forward then. So summer number one in Georgia. Where were you at number two? Canada. I didn't get a visa. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> I was in Manitoba, Canada. Oh, this got to be so, different. It was. We were the first five Europeans in Canada who sold books there. So Chris Adams, who was our big DSL like you know, like uh, big leader, he flew in to do a little sales school for us, just for us. He helped two of the Estonian girls get over the border with the permit to come to Canada because they were rejected on the border flying in so that was quite a different story all of my first years were in the usa i was in canada <laughs> wow so what what were the biggest differences do you think besides i mean i can probably imagine but could you, could you tell us 
from bank systems, like everything that you've learned for the book field, bank systems. Also being on like first summer, I was on the, on the, in a car. Second summer, I was all on a bicycle because of being under 25, you can't rent a car. And there was no Nashville, no systems, no people that you know that like, can help you. Uh, plus um, people learning uh, English, like learning uh, their studies in French rather than English or French immersion. So they had like a double language thingy going on. Yeah. So it was quite challenging and yeah. But what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Yeah. So I'm and it wasn't as humid. Still... Oh, it wasn't. And the upside was the lights. Like it was light up until 9, 9.30 in the evening. So compared, like complete opposite uh, uh, from Georgia uh, summer, where it's like pitch black at 7 p.m. So. Yeah, that's so true because you're up north. North, yes, exactly. So that's it's 9.30, like nobody's mad. You're like, all right, I'm just yes. chilling. I'm going to go till 10. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome the whole summer. But yeah, like basically it was a summer of managers because none of the first years were there. So all of us were yeah. managers, but we were all dealing with our attitudes being where we weren't supposed to be uh, for that summer. So again, attitude. <laughs> yeah. And. And then um, if I go through the summers, Georgia again, <laughs> the third yeah, yeah. summer, just Athens. Then I went to South Carolina. Um, so all the East, like I'm the East girl. Then, so then one summer <laughs> in Idaho. I loved Idaho. That was such Whoa. a different experience. Yeah. Then, um, and it's then pretty. Indiana. Mount yeah. Mountains. So many mountains. Mountains. Yeah, a lot of rodeos, mountains, such like Mormons, such a different experience too. <laughs> and <laughs> then uh, I can go through and then you can ask yeah. about each of them or so. But then I came back to the east to Indiana, mm -hmm. then uh, Pennsylvania, Ooh. and then what else? Indiana and Ohio. And then a mix of Indiana again. <laughs> nice. So corn. Corn, corn and corn. Yes, exactly. Let me and ask RVs. about let me ask about the number one summer. Your number one summer. Then summer. Yeah. Was it so you were number one? In that was my number uh, summer number eight for me. Okay. And you had and that was your the biggest summer you had? Yes. Okay. Almost so how many twelve thousand units? Wow. Okay. So just for people who know, that's amazing. So <laughs> incredible so twelve thousand units which is insane so let me ask you a couple of things uh, i'm curious and this is pretty good for maybe anybody even currently selling books that's listening to this or maybe people who are about to go depending on when they're listening but for me the best i ever did was 4200 units first summer Woohoo! you sold that's three a good first times. summer yeah but i mean compared to twelve thousand, it's garbage <laughs> so let me ask you this and i didn't know what i was doing you know what i'm saying it went downhill from there so how how long were you trying to get to that number? Like, was it was it just one one preparation or were you building up to that? Or like, what was the trajectory, first of all, to, to get to that? So first summer, 1222 or 28, uh, 12. Yeah, like, so basically first summer, barely Sizzler. 1200. 1200. Then it okay. was 1500, 1800, 2000, uh, 2500, 20 whatever 
I think I got to 3,000 before my sixth summer, and then I grow wind leaks. So. <laughs> so okay yeah okay so and i've always wanted to know this because because i want i i i, I want to know the, the mentality and what changed because how did you how did you do that like specifically were you was it more mental was it preparation what 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 really helped you jump like that uh so this is maybe helpful maybe not for somebody but it i i have uh cleared it through my head so many times so I was pushed into an Amish turf uh, in my sixth summer. Uh, I didn't want to go there, but my <laughs> manager Ronald said, "Like you have to go there." So this is like, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, Pennsylvania, Lancaster yeah. County. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I was selling over Maria Ronald's sister, who had sold five thousand or six thousand units before my summer there, and I put those units on the map, and it looked like scariest turf ever because every second house or every house on the street had bought something from her so i had to go exactly where she went and sell more books wow and and so two 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 weeks i think i was with uh, more with the oregon and following and everything and then i went uh, to the amish and my preparation before the summer for the amish was interviewing all the people who had sold them and the, my best advice was you'll learn there's no sell stock. You just go there. You'll learn. <laughs> so, so just go and talk to them or whatever I say or whatever I tell you, I might be completely wrong. So just go and go and figure it out. So that was all the preparation I did for that. So I went for the first houses that I knew that they had bought from Maria. I asked like, hey, what do you like about the books? Can you write me a testimonial? And I basically built my sales talk from those testimonials. And uh, so the summer that I hit uh, first growth or first VIP trip was from, so basically not having a sales talk, knowing what a sales talk should look like, mm -hmm. not having it, and then building it from scratch in a specific turf that nobody really has written a sales talk for. So, okay. So, yeah, and wow. then so going with stories with like referrals and like referrals, I learned by the end of the summer. But first, I just went door to door, hard knock in Amish turf. And, and at first, I felt like they are like the first two families that I met Mennonite and Amish. Mennonites were mean, they were just plain mean to me. <laughs> and the Amish, uh, like the first ever family that I met, I felt like there's something wrong with them. Like the wife is not talking, the husband's barely speaking to me. And I'm trying to like, just bring out something from them. And they're like, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I sold the Pennsylvania, so I get, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was my impression and no, possible preparation for that but i grew quite a lot i think 5.6k units that's wild from the previous that's a jump the, the jump from around twenty five thousand, i think yeah so like a double yeah and then so even that alone is impressive wow mm -hmm. Good. even yeah. that alone it's like wow you jumped from 2500 to 5600 that's a jump that's it you don't accidentally sell 5000 units like you meant to do that that's crazy yeah and then the next summer uh, or like yeah the next summer i grew from that to twelve thousand. <laughs> wow uh, wow amazing yeah my my manager purely chose the 
turf for me because he said like, okay, you know how to sell Amish. I'm going to send you it to another turf <laughs> like that. And it was Indiana and uh, uh, completely different Amish, uh, completely different selling points. Uh, they were using phones. They were more modern. They were quite different. And, uh, but I learned that, like you said, turf, like as you change turf, there's just like how fast do you adapt and how fast you can like learn what what works there so and then the that the that was the first summer that i did referrals only i, I knocked on five doors and like cold doors i gathered enough referrals to get me through the day enough referrals to get me through the week and then just referrals all day long <laughs> so whoa yeah. that's new Ugh, so this might not work for everyone but okay tell me more this is interesting this is so crazy it was fun so like yeah like apart from the regular people they they know people and they know their addresses way better their memories work better but all in all like just building the trust with them it it does like take time to build trust in a community sometimes a day sometimes a week but uh, so basically going from from like being genuine with them being honest not like they are the ones who whenever i would say a one price to another person and a different price to another that some people are trying to say like give me a discount and i'm like if i give one person a discount the whole county is gonna know before <laughs> before the next day so i can't be dishonest with anybody so they appreciate me not being pushy being really like laid back with them and and so on but then yeah the whole county was mine wow so what did your day-to-day -day look like like so because twelve thousand units how many how many weeks uh, i think i did 13 weeks so it's about a thousand units a week a little less it's nine nine yeah and you yeah. hit more you hit more probably a couple times right to yeah yeah wow so what is uh what is more <laughs> or what is what is what does your week look like you you get there day one you're trying to just get what what information are you trying to get so like the community information or just like the biggest names like what, you, what was your mentality just send me to whoever i can show these to so just referrals brothers sisters cousins uh, neighbors uh, like anybody who you think of you're like bishops and deacons and all the all the church people who everybody admires uh, their opinion so just uh, basically when I approach somebody, I would, hey, like, hey, Andres, like, uh, like, are you Andres? Yeah, great. Yeah. Like, yeah, my name's Darta. You're probably wondering how I know your name. Like your your brother, Danny, sent me here. So, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of him. <laughs> and I've met him. So, so yeah, I was going and, and bluntly approaching people by their name, saying who sent them and how they know each other and saying exactly what they need to hear to trust me. And then once they let me in, the trust is mm. there and I have a good product. There is no reason not to buy. So. <laughs> wow. And so then, so, so, so you average about a thousand a week. So your typical day was you're looking at what, 160 units a day or like, was it, or did you, was it more like some days were big and then some days were small or how did like, how did it play out? It grew over time. Like in my sixth summer, first time in Amish, I felt like 50 units is my comfort day, like comfortable, like this baseline. Like if I don't hit 50 units, I'm 
screwing up my day. So then in 2017, I, I grew to 100 units a day and then eventually 150 units a day. Like if I haven't hit that, like I, I have a zero day. So wow. And then and it was a series of things because one our family didn't buy as much as with regular books because Amish don't buy everything. They don't buy right. like the, the advantage. They buy Bibles, they buy explore and learns, they buy explore and learns. They, yep. Yeah, they buy all <laughs> sorts of Bible related things and then and then they buy the, the kids' books. But since my package was quite lower, then I had to sell many families. So typically around 40 families a week. So that was That's... like sometimes <sighs> five to 10 a day or more. So, yeah. Wow. So then when you were used to that and then you switch over to Advantage Books the next year where you can sell Advantage Books, all of a sudden, boom. No, I didn't. I didn't. I never switched back. I, guess. I, I was sent consistently till the last summer uh, to the. Wait. I was ready to go back to the books if I had to, but I still got the. You're turf. telling me. You're <laughs> telling me you sold twelve thousand units of kids' books. Yeah, like that was the summer. <laughs> the twelve thousand was the like yeah kids' books. <laughs> oh my god, that's insane. That means that if you would have got sent to a turf like a regular turf, you could have sold twenty five thousand. I mean, you double literally in production. Yeah, <gasps> if I if I applied those lessons, maybe yeah. Like who knows? <laughs> wow, damn. Okay, last question about this. This is so interesting. I because I, I love digging into the brains of like someone who does so well. So did you know at the time? Like, were you going for number one at that point, or were you just like, "All right, this is what I'm going to do," and it just happens that I hit number one? Or like, what was the, like, how did you? No, prep at, that? by the second part of the summer, I was really motivated by face setter. I was constantly trying to be on the top of face setter, and I was checking it every week, and that was my best, like, that was my best motivation. I was looking at like how can I improve my like stats and and be better. So like, meanwhile, I was looking at Americans had finished selling. So like no competition there. I was just climbing up like every single week. I was climbing up the, the, to the, be the number one in sales for, for European division, whoever was selling and then hoping fingers crossed, nobody's in Canada who can sell for longer for like half a year <laughs> and then hit, hit bigger numbers. But uh, yeah, like then the last, week i was really racing against myself and tele <laughs> tele was number two yeah. that summer uh, she was sharing later on she wasn't super competitive but uh, like she was like i don't care <laughs> I, I cared a lot so that helped <laughs> me that she was really really close so, so i had to hit it so but beforehand i had never imagined selling even ten thousand. Like Rano was like, when I was approaching 10,000 and I'm like, yeah, this could be a 10,000 unit summer. And I was like, maybe go for 12. I was like, what? No. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Really well, that's good. what I love. That's what I love about book people. I, I, I've told this story before, but that, that's the kind of, that when you surround yourself with book people, they ha they bring that on. You're like, maybe you should just do 12. Like, what? Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, I've told this story before, but I'll tell it here because it's I think it's worth mentioning. But uh, my brother Danny and I, we were, we were uh, uh, student managers in Lincoln, and we had a friend named Mitch who came up to us. And uh, he, he was kind of like bothered. He's like, ah, 
man, I don't know. It's like, what's up, dude? Tell us. He goes, I don't know. I kind of want to run a half marathon, but a bunch of people don't think I can do it. And I looked at Danny and he looked at me and we knew what we were doing. He looked at me. We looked at each other. We looked at Mitch. And Danny goes, half. I go, half? Danny goes, half? <laughs> and he and then Mitch looked at us. He goes, no, you're right. I should probably run a full, huh? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Go run. He ran a full. He's ran so many marathons at this point. Like, But it's just that mentality of people believing in you when even sometimes you don't believe in yourself, that that is such a cool yeah. part of the community of alumni that they, 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 if you tell them, Hey, this is when I started the podcast you know, with, with Nick, and we were like, Oh, this is a hobby. But then when we started actually going, Hey, what if we can do this? All the book people were like, yeah, you could totally do that. All of them. I've told people who are friends of mine yeah. here at home. They're like, Oh, I don't know. You know, there's so many, it's so hard to get on YouTube and blah, blah. It's like, I don't need this shit. Talk to book people. And they're all like, yeah you can do it it's so yeah. cool it's so cool and so wow so you never even thought you were gonna hit 10 that's this is very no. unique because most people that hit 10 no. are like i'm gonna hit 10 but no. you hit 10 <laughs> wow i went in i just wanted to have a good time to have a good summer just just i guess the relaxed sensation of it so help me hit number one i had never like I had put once on my vision board that I want to be in the best in Latvia or the world at something. So, and I forgot it. I think that was preparing for summer number two. And then later on, I found that vision board and I'm like, here you go. You did it. <laughs> it comes true. You spoke and, it into existence. And small note about marathons. Going into my sixth summer before the Amish and like no preparation, there was a first year who was prepared to be a top first year sitting next to me on the plane from Estonia. And he was like, I'm doing a bet with my buddies. I'm doing a bet with my buddies. You want to do a bet? And I'm like, I don't want to do a bet. So, and then he, he said like, what, like, if I don't hit my goal, I'm going to go on a Tinder gay date that ends with a kiss and he's straight. So like, that's crazy. And he's like, want to do a bet too? Like, sure. Okay. Let's see. Like I told my goal was 6,000 something units. And if I don't sell that, then I, I can run a full marathon because like, if I, if I want to do it, I had to be young and I want to do it once in my life at least. So I barely hit it. I almost hit that goal, but barely missed it. So so basically, I, I because of that, I ran a full marathon. So wow, that was, that was a good good bet. I've had Heck bad yeah. bets before. It was a win-win, you know. Yeah, it was a win-win. Wow, incredible! Dang, so you sold. Okay, wow. Let me recap all of this. You went from eight twelve hundred units, eighteen hundred units, yeah, 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 to two thousand. Yeah. You jumped to five in Amish territory based on a sales talk that you had to create on the spot. That then you went mm -hmm. referrals to. Then yeah. the next summer, you go to another Amish territory that's a little different, but still Amish in Indiana. And based on that sales talk and only kids' books, you sell 12 tons of units and become the number one dealer in the world. Yeah. Cool. That makes sense. <laughs> and the next summer, I had a little bit less time. And then I still sold 9.5 thousand, I think, something like that. So I wasn't as motivated anymore but I, I was like dealing with changing turfs in the middle of summer so half summer indiana half summer ohio and yeah. it was quite different but i still managed to jump like quite a few different communities and, and do the like really good wow. numbers too 
And you so and you went all only Amish essentially, pretty much. Amish Mennonites, yeah. Unbelievable. And then you have like Emil Emil, who also then ended up selling a ton of right, like they're the crazy. summers after that. That's like, wild. I don't know how they do it, like 20, 30,000 units. <laughs> like I, I hit my like intensity level was quite high. Of course, each person could have bought more. That's the question, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you could have sold Advantage. If you would have sold Advantage books, which are like way yeah. more units, then maybe. Then yeah, they they just do eight grades. So, like, yeah, they yeah. yeah. It's different. Yeah. We've talked about Amish here. And for people who don't know, the reason that you can't sell the Advantage books or that maybe if you didn't sell books, you don't know what we're talking about. So, basically, there's the kids' books that are for like, yeah, you know, kiddos from like maybe up to fifth grade, maybe the, the Explore and Learns, yeah, all the way from like, like the babies, like your baby yeah. to fifth grade. And then the advantage books are to help with homework. So the kids' books mm. are more fun, interactive, all this cool stuff, really ed educational. But then the advantage books are like kindergarten through twelfth grade, and they help with math, history, science, all the, all the things. And then there's the websites, right? They go along with it. The issue or the reason that you can't sell to um, Amish or Mennonite families is because they stop in eighth grade, and in eighth grade they stop going to school, and then they start doing crafts, and then they start working on like their building, yeah. and they're like all sorts of different stuff. And so they're not interested in those books. They don't need to know about calculus. They don't need to know about like algebra. They they no just algebra. stop. <laughs> they just stop at geometry essentially because that's what helps them build and helps them kind of grow their community. And so you can't do that. So you almost exclusively have to sell them the kids books. And then there's also the family Bible libraries, which Southwestern carries, and then you can sell them that as well. So when you're you're kind of stuck and limited to what you can show. And to give you an idea, a full kid set is maybe 28 units. And then a family Bible library is like 16, I think, at least back from what I remember. And then yeah. the advantage, a full advantage book set is 50 plus the mm. CEA <laughs> is 70 plus the website. So you're literally a third or a fourth of the package size max. But as well, I had to be creative how to add units to the set. So I gave cookbooks as a gift. So I raised the price and gave cookbooks as a gift <laughs> for every sale. Everybody got a cookbook. And, and they will never know because yeah. they won't watch this because they don't have it. <laughs> Who knows? Anyways, it, it was a good tactic because whenever I wanted to sell a cookbook, they're like, look at my cookbook shelf. I have full of them. And like, and then when I said it's a gift that comes with the, with the books and they're like, my legs, wife is going to love this. Like, Oh, I'm going to give it to my mom or so like they loved it. So, but either way, like that was the way how to hit bigger numbers. Plus I had to learn health and wellness that was out of stock a yeah. few years later or something, I think. And then yeah. some other books, I, I was just bringing books out of the like dusty warehouses. The one book was a <laughs> Bible dictionary. So there was like a book like this size, a Bible dictionary. So there was like literally no pictures. And there's like translation of like whatever, I, I don't know, Mary, how many times Mary has been mentioned in the Bible and so on. So I sold those a heck of a lot. Like that was like three or four units. So I, I, I dug up so many different books that like, what else can we sell them? Man, you so, were emptying Southwestern's yeah. warehouses. It was like, we've had yes. this for 10 years. That and yeah, we finished with some of those. <laughs> Unbelievable. I am mind blown. This is the craziest, craziest thing I've heard. This is so awesome. <laughs> you are impressive. 
Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it was so fun. Cool. I enjoyed the process, so I I'm so thankful I got those. Yeah, I got to connect with Amish families, and I it turns out they're not mean. Yeah, uh, I, they're not. They're very nice. There's a guy named Eric Wesner. Yes, I have a story about Ed, Eric. <laughs> if we have time. Yeah, we have. Yes. I mean, we're an hour and fifteen. Are you okay to go for another fifteen twenty? Yeah. Sure. So let's do Eric stories and then we can do your ponytails. Sure. Yeah. Cool. So let's do it. I love Eric. Eric's could be awesome. Eric. Eric has made this website, Amish America. I'm watching his YouTube channel. Like it's super interesting. He he tells yeah. about Amish way of life. So I'm yep. in the first uh, summer in the in the Pennsylvania when I was selling there, I met an Amish guy who was Eric's one of like good friends in Amish community. So and. Um, and then, then the, yeah, like uh, that was, what is his name? Benny Real? I think Ben Real. I, I could stick mm -hmm. to that if my memory is correct. And then uh, he was, <laughs> he was uh, like, oh, I have so many books. And he showed like so many books, but like Eric never sold me any of the other books. So I'm like, you want to buy some? I'm like, no, no, like all good. So we get to talk and talk. And, and then I keep taking out books from my, bag and all of the regular books that i sell amish that don't really interest him so i'm like i have these other books i keep them in the car because i don't carry them around it's pretty heavy so i show them the advantage books and he's my only customer who bought the entire set of advantage books <laughs> and then he wanted me to send a picture to eric that uh, like hey like darta is the real southwestern book person not you she <laughs> <laughs> i bought books from her and not you so uh, we sent an email to to eric uh that uh, i will take oh this is not working anymore so yeah can you hear me yeah so, yeah we sent an email with a picture of Ben holding the sign that like I'm the real book salesperson and like uh, yeah like that uh, he didn't manage to sell books to him. That's so, yeah, hilarious. Haven't talked cool. to Eric after that, <laughs> but I love his videos. Yeah, he's 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 awesome. He'll probably be on the show uh, at some point coming up here. <laughs> Oh, it's because you took your head. No. Can hear me or Hold on. I can hear you. I just muted you really quick. You can still hear me, right? Okay. Um, I think what we can do is if you turn down, something is wrong with your, with your microphone. So we could, if you think if you, I don't know if you have a second set of headphones or if there's like a way you could turn down my, the audio so you can still hear me, but barely, cause I think we're echoing. Oh, okay. Earplugs are kind of running. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Type it on the chat. Technical difficulties. If I unmute you, it's like it sounds like a robot. It's really odd. <laughs> I don't know exactly what's going on. But while you can you hear? Yeah, but it sounds like a robot. You sound like, can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, here we go. You're on the chat. While you go, if you have an extra pair of headphones or like plugins, okay. Yeah, I'll wait for you and I'll do I'll do some uh, I'll do some ads really quick. I'll I'll talk about some of our partners. Yeah, no rush. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, we're about to roll into the pony stories anyway. Uh, it's been such a cool, interesting conversation with Darta. And uh, she is phenomenal. Speaking of our European friends, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to V-Designly, Oscar and uh, Oliver. So Oscar Koha and Oliver Reynas. And they're the masterminds behind our website. If you own a business and you want to have an effective presence online, we know at the podcast that you need a good website. So most American website developers will cost upwards of twenty-five dollars to $50,000 to build your company's website. And while you could build one yourself for pretty cheap, the big thing our friends at VDesignly are bringing is expertise in integrations, which is huge for us because there's so many moving parts to like our fans our guests and our sponsors that we automated everything so we don't have to worry about it. And they helped us do that. So it's pretty sweet. Our merch is also online that you can go check out. And if you are in a sales role and you're looking to do something uh, in web development, if you want to be in sales for web development, please uh, give us a call. We're hook you up with Designly. They are looking for salespeople and sales reps to do uh, and expand their client base in the United States for, uh, for the U.S. market. So, okay, here we go. You're back. And then you can unmute yourself there um, yeah. for sure. So Is it better now? Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. My earphones died, so I'm, I'm That's good all now. right. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and then I'll finish up with this. Uh, Enlight Energy is uh, one of our oldest partners, and they started to do with solar what Southwestern has done to real estate. If you have a passion for the planet, a desire to earn good money, really good money, and you want to work with someone like Nick Tverdi, uh, let's see how you can join him and Julio Hernandez at Enlight Energy. Alex Black was also on the show. He is awesome as well. A sale every other week. In this is not like you know, if you get five customers like that, you'd be a millionaire. But a sale every other week in solar is enough to earn six figures for the year. And they have the ability to work with people pretty much everywhere in the US. So make sure you reach out to us. We'll put you in touch with them and then again one more time last shout out to cardinal senior benefits uh we appreciate y'all you guys are the best and one of the biggest reasons that we love working with them is they do direct mail leads so essentially people mail in interest that's how they get their warm leads so basically um this is kind of what it looks like you may qualify for a program to assist with final expenses it is important you know how to qualify for this life insurance and benefits available to you is this life insurance this life insurance will pay for the funeral and final expenses up to the amount that you want if you're interested in that complete the information below that's what people fill out and they fill it out pretty regularly so that's how they kept getting warm leads so if you want to be a part of an organization where it's kind of like referral based that darts is working instead of going door to door cold knocking or prospecting or cold calling no more of that warm leads that are coming to you uh and again they are crazy numbers 25% of the organizations earning 10k a week uh definitely worth checking them out Give us a call or click on the link below to refer yourself or a friend uh, for Cardinal. So for sure. All righty, girl, mom, badass awesome. woman, you are the greatest. <laughs> Let's do this. We are. It is now time for the pony tale. Now it could be one or more stories, however, however many you want. It's your time. So the microphone is yours. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah, I was thinking what to share first and then uh, like the craziest summer or the craziest story happened in my first summer. But then uh, it's kind of connected with others as well. So when when you're European and you go to the United States, you like and especially if you're under 25, it's kind of hard to get a car or any transportation to, to move around or insurance for a car. So there's like plenty of difficulties to deal with. And so, like, 
like the, my history of cars, usually it's gonna be rental car after I'm 25. But beforehand, from starting from 19 to 25, I actually had to drive like several different cars there. And uh, fun fact, I've owned three cars in the United States and only one in Latvia so far. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my first car was, uh, I, I got it from my host family and uh, put it on my name. Uh, my second car uh, was a, uh, I don't know, Nissan, something and like a bull, old boot car. And then my third car, uh, that was a fail. I bought uh, a car for my first year. I thought that I would help them. I bought a uh, 1990 uh, Lincoln Town car uh, that was black with tinted windows and uh, like all painted like big city, like small city, big dreams. So it was like a narco dealer car, I think. So, <laughs> so he had a hard time going through the neighborhoods with it. So, and then I, it was uh, after the summer, it was really hard to sell it. So I had to leave it to my host family. And I think I, I caused some trouble because they they had hassle with it, so and like couldn't even sell for scrap easily. So so yeah. Uh, either way, my first car, uh, like first uh, car on my name, was a, a Chevy van uh, in uh, in um, in Georgia, like I said before. And this car was uh, my host family were uh, uh, they were planning to like it was this. Um, their business car and their amortization or how do you call it that it, it had gone like long enough for their business so they were planning to give it as a gift to a lady who needed a car so or sell it for one dollar for her so meanwhile while the lady didn't need it they gave it to me as a book car and it was pretty good i worked uh, like half of the summer with it and then uh, delivery we came and and I uh, back then we did deliveries and that was like the 12 or whatever weeks you sell and then one week you deliver and it was a totally different week it was just stressful you had to deal with the books and then like go back to the families and and sell back to them like if mm -hmm. they had only paid half they might not want the books and so on so it was a stressful week a lot of coffees a lot of bank visits with the checks and everything and like <laughs> So basically, one day before my last day of delivery, I ran through a red light uh, that I was too tired to notice that I ran through a red light. And there were two lanes coming in from the highway that had just started to move uh, like at a green light. And the first car stopped and the second car didn't see me and bumped into me. So I flipped my car. And oh, I remember no. going one or two rounds. I have no idea. Uh, so I just landed, my car landed on the wheels. So that's the good part. And, and uh, so, yeah, like the first thought in my ha head was like, okay, I'm okay. It's like nothing hurts. And there was only one bump. Like there was actually no damage to me. So I stepped out of the car and like, and then I saw like all over the street, there's glass, there's books. And it's like in my head from sales school, books equal money, books equal oh, money. No. So I started to take my, my delivery box and I started to gather the books and people ran over to me like, sit, 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 don't do anything. So, um, it's like, no, this yeah. is money. 
yeah like i was like i like these books are valuable i need to deliver them and i was trying to like do the right thing and and then i like one man came over to me and I'm like he asked like like am i okay and i'm like how's the car <laughs> like is it still repairable and like he's like honey it's gonna be totaled and i had no idea what totaled means in english <laughs> so i went over and looked at it and it was like half i don't know one of the sides of the roof was um punched in i don't know how to yeah. say it so yeah like people help me they help me gather my stuff there's police there's like I don't know. Um, the the firefighters came. One of the policemen was my customer, so he's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah. And then like the one thing, That's like they I were mean. asking for my documents, and I, I was like, last few days in the United States, and I'm, like asking for my documents, everything okay? I'm like, yeah, like giving everything that they need. He's like, you're gonna come with us. I'm like, okay. So oh, he puts no. on a handcuffs on me. <laughs> puts me in the back of the police car and takes me to the county jail. <laughs> and there I sat for four hours. And uh, I, I, that was my first summer's end of the summer experience that uh, like they cut, like they took me to do my hair band. They cut off my commitment band. Do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm committed, but they're cutting me off and, and, and so on. They gave me the one or two calls that I needed to, to, to call somebody. And uh, it turned out that they only took me into the jail because I was a European and my visa was about to expire and they wanted to make sure I pay my fee for the, for the accident. I had the money on me, but they didn't ask me. But uh, so it was quite a, an experience, but... Wow. Yeah, and then I was still like 50, maybe 50 units short from Sizzler. <laughs> so so oh, the next no. day I, I was free from the jail and I had no car. I had like three counties to cover with deliveries. So I had like still one day of full of deliveries and my, and my roommate, my manager helped me do the deliveries with me. So we managed mm. to do some kind of a schedule and I, I ended up selling 12, uh 1228 units so i was 28 units over the sizzler line and i i felt like i have earned my sizzler and yeah no doubt yeah but in my head it was like all my profit has just gone away because i was like no way i'm gonna be able to pay for this car but my host family was like like they were the best people ever they didn't even ask me anything from the car nothing they were just like we're glad you're okay and you're alive and yeah so wow yeah best best wow. host families ever yeah wow so if things are meant to be they're gonna get to that but there's gonna be bumps on the road for sure and hopefully good ones not not disastrous ones wow that's bananas wow that's yeah. crazy i'm proud of you good job <laughs> that's amazing that's such an amazing for flipping story. a car <laughs> no no for no, the mentality like you, yeah to you it's here's the thing to you it's just so normal to just stay positive that most people don't have i mean i, I don't know i can't say most people but a lot of people don't have that ability even within southwestern right so that's a skill that you 
have that. I don't know that you're you're probably aware that you have it, but you 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 were. It's kind of like Messi, right? I think Where I've he's gained just it in Southwestern. Yeah, but also I think also you you had it like it's kind of like Messi where he came to Barcelona and he was already, like his talent was already that good, but then you know mm -hmm. playing for Barcelona it sharpened up. It's like you mm -hmm. have this talent of good positive attitude, and then with Southwestern you just sharpened it up, and now it's like bulletproof. It's amazing. So Thanks. commend to you, Darta <laughs> Solite. You are so cool. Wow, I'm yeah, so happy. I've had fun with talking to you for sure. <laughs> so Thank many good so memories. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Here's how we're going to close out. I'm going to go through some fun facts about your country and <laughs> you tell me if they are true or if they are not. And then we'll close it up. How's that sound? Okay. All right. Interesting facts about Latvia. Number one, the first Christmas tree was decorated in Latvia in 1510. Is this true? True. true. All right. The Venta waterfall or Ventas Rumba is the wildest, is the widest waterfall in Europe. Widest. Yeah. Widest. And in April, there's salmon jumping on like across the waterfall just, so it jumps up wow. uphill the river stream yep wow okay okay I think it's salmon like I, some kind of fish <laughs> salmon right as they say think, salmon here but i think it's a little bit different uh i had to think in latvian before but yeah some kind of a salmon type of fish <laughs> they jump over okay yeah oh yeah an interesting phenomenon can be observed near the waterfall in spring and autumn when spawning fish try to get over the waterfall by jumping through the air. Right there. Spawning it says right fish? Here. Okay, that's how it's called. Okay. When Good. spawning fish. I don't know if that's right or not. I, I have nothing. I, I know nothing about fish. I can see a goldfish <laughs> and that's it. That's like, that's all I know. <laughs> Number three, Latvian is one of the oldest European languages. 5,000 years old. Could be. Wow. Don't know. Okay. Wasn't there before. <laughs> Um, it's saying is one of the most archaic oldest European languages and it's conserved many features of over 5,000 year old Proto-Indo-European, which is ancestral language to all European languages. There's also strong similarity between many words in Latvian and Sanskrit, the sacred language mm. of Hinduism and Buddhism. Oh, yes. interesting. Latvia has, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Latvia, number four, Latvia has the fifth fastest internet in the world, ranking between Hong Kong and the Netherlands. True. I have... hate U.S. internet. Wow. <laughs> it's yeah, my Wi-Fi sucked. <laughs> That's right. Number five, the jeans were invented by Latvian Taylor. Yes. Jacob yes. Jeffis. Yes. So. Wow. Like the blue you jeans. Can like think, the yeah, jeans material, jeans material. So. Yeah. Wow. Thank Levi you, bought it from him. Like Levi yeah. got the idea from him. So that's. Yeah, that's what it says here. Levi Strauss backed him financially. Thank you for my jeans. Okay, <laughs> number six, the Minox photo camera, the unofficial spy camera, was first produced in Latvia. Yep. Lot number seven, Latvia holds one of the largest song and dance festivals in the world, over 40,000 participants. Yeah, like a choir of 40,000 people can sing one song. That's really powerful. I've been to at least one or two of those as a singer. That's amazing. It kind of, it's kind of like when you go to a soccer game, like a football game. They're all singing, Glow. you're like, what? But better. But, but in choir, <laughs> yeah. but, but, yeah. but organized. <laughs> and when those happen every four years, then the tickets are sold out immediately. Wow. I need it. That's going to be on my bucket list. I need to go see one of those somehow. Um, okay. And number eight, the Baltic Way. Emotional protests against illegal Soviet occupation now included in the UNESCO memory of the World Register. Yep, around know. 2 million people were holding hands um, to get freedom from Soviet Union in 1989. 
August 23rd, 1989. So there it is. Across Latvia, Lithuania, Lithuania, and Estonia. So they're like, everybody was holding hands in three countries uh, at the same time. Yeah, against illegal occupation. Roughly 2 million people formed a massive human chain that spanned 600 kilometers. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And this is for my American friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So cool. Wow. What an amazing country. And what an amazing guest. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on the show. Thank you, Andres. Hope you had a lot of fun. Um, we will stay in touch for sure. And I will see you when I go to Europe. Because I'm going to Definitely. Europe. I'm going to go see yes, all these countries. Call me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, we'll call you. No, you you betcha. I will be on you. Hey, I need a place to stay. <laughs> yes, I shall be there. Thank you so, so much. My name is Andres Gamboa. This has been another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. Please stay tuned for more. Uh, this concludes our June, uh, not our June month, but this is just another episode in our June of European friends. We'll see you guys in the next one. If they want, if you guys want to get a hold of, about that just let us know we will get you in touch with her maybe if you want some coaching or if you want to work with her or if you just have questions for her let us know we will put you in touch if she is uh has the time now that she's a mama she i'm sure she'll be glad to talk to you other than that we'll see you guys later see you on the next one bye